That was Baby Shambles Delivery. You're listening to BBC Radio 2, which I believe is from the BBC. I'm Russell Brand. I'm here with Matt Morgan. We are absolutely effing live. If we weren't live, that would have probably been effing well cut out. How you going, Matt? All right? I'm very well. You're thin or something, can't you? Bit thinner. Why are you so thin for? Well, I didn't drink any booze for two weeks. Why? Because I just thought, you know... Because it destroys people's lives. No. Fair enough. Mr G is here. He is the Poet Laureate of the show. Hello, Mr G. All right. Yeah, I'm all right. It's weird being on my own radio show. I've been doing, like, promoting my bookie book, as it is brilliantly entitled. And so I've been on, like, loads of other people's shows. Christian O'Connell, Chris More professional, I imagine. A hell of a lot more. I'll tell you what you'll notice about other people's radio shows. Here's a few things. They play um, records. On them, like I know uh, it's not just people uh, like just talking about whatever they feel like in that second, <laughs> without so much as a split second's research or preparation for the show. Have and, you uh, picked up any actual tips? Not really, mate. No, I'll tell you what I did like being on uh, Jamie Feakston and Harriet. Like, have you like ever heard that? That's on. No, heart. I haven't actually. Harriet's sexy, mate. Yeah? Yeah, she is. And Jamie Feekson's nice. You want to give him a cuddle. I've met him once. I think he was seemed to be... He's really tall, isn't he? Ever such a great, big, long Taller fella. Taller than is he? Yeah, he is. You want to give him a good, squidgy cuddle. Chris Moyles, though, is like... I really like Chris Moyles. He's ever so nice to me, and that is why I'm now promoting Chris Moyles' books. Why not buy one of Chris Moyles' books? What if books? I don't know. He writes books, doesn't he? Chris Moyles' difficult second book. Uh, if you are one of, for example, the people that go on my beloved Russell Brand fan site forum... Uh, could you please, we've got a few missions for your day. This is going to be a hell of a show. There's quite a lot of missions. We want you, here's a few things. I'll go on about it a bit more because sometimes Matt advises me against stuff like this and see what he thinks. But I like say that, oh, Russell, that dear Chris Moyles, Russell was saying ever such nice things about your book so that he is about it. And then Chris Moyles will go, he's a man that's true to his word. Manipulative man. Do you think I'm like a snivelly little rat man? You probably hear of that. Someone will go, he's talking about you and telling his fans to email you. Yeah, well, it's, it's not very genuine. I'm not a very genuine person. <laughs> I'm a bit, oh, God. Oh, God, Christ. I am quite genuine, though. You should see me on these book tours being genuine. It'll blow yeah. your bloody socks off. G will tell you. The book's pretty with... genuine, from what I've read. Oh, it's pretty genuine. <laughs> if it's a book you're after for the, a genuine book, it's a good book. You come across very well in it. Yes. Have you, have you took the time Surprise, to read some? Actually. No, actually, I took the time to have some read to me by you. <laughs> oh, yeah, I remember doing actually doing that. Yeah, well, you come across very nice. Sometimes... I got very lachrymose and tearful writing that book sometimes. No, you didn't. I did, mate, sat in Tuscany. Sometimes. Do you never do you never do something like sit around thinking about what your own funeral will be like and go, Oh God bless me Like get a bit sad about your own self. Like I'd sit like there'd be bits where I read about like for example with Cole Fearball, my mate who's in Greenwing, a bit where like when I was thrown out of drama school and I cried, right, when I got thrown out and I goes, um, Cole's not very sort of he's a bit like you actually, Matt. He's like the same star sign as you. It's the only thing that makes me think horoscopes when I have some truth in it because a lot of my friends are Leos and they're sort of like all similar sort of types of men. I go like, um, I go like, uh, Carl's not a very sort of a cuddly type of person, but he must have known I needed to be held up that day because he put his arms around me. And when I sort of read it back to myself, I went, oh, like nearly put on Don McLean's Vincent. In fact, I would like to hear that, you know, this world was never meant for one. So beautiful was you me. big head. What? So what? I'm a bit like Van Gogh. Why have you turned up wearing what can only be described as a smock and cowboy? Boots. Well, that is because, Matthew, I'm designing a new look 
It's called the Moroccan Cowboy Spectacular. I've been going, you should see me all week. I've been dressing up like a right mug. You've worn that out in public? I went to Chris Moore's show with a thing that Luke Skywalker, remember when Luke Skywalker turns up uh, at Return of the Jedi to get Anne Solo out of that big block of black ice he's yeah. in? I went, well, went to Chris Moore's dressed up pretty much like that. People seem oh. to like it. Oh What's... no, Jesus! It's like a jower, but it's certainly it's a, it's a certainly George what, a Lucas brown fashion. Robe with a hood, black robe, hooded up. You know, just look. Yeah, it, I didn't wear the hood, but there was it. There is a hood. You got trousers on. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't. Your smock um, goes down to your knees. I know. That's that's all right, but still, a cowboy boots on bare legs. You oh. know, that's a look I'm not ready for. Let's call up Noel Gallagher later as well. We've not spoken to him for absolutely ages. That lovely man. Here's an email. It's entitled Noel's a Thief. Hi, Russ, Matt, and Mr. G. When you call Noel G tonight, ask him about the two old ladies who worked in the sweet shop at the top of Shawbrook Road. I used to go to the same sweet shop, but I think their profit margins went down when Noel paid him a visit because he is supposed to be a thief. This is not libelous because he admitted it in an interview. Anyway, those old ladies were weird. Love from Burnage Boy Vlad. An unusual. Didn't he say did an armed robbery on a news agent? And that's the actual, that's the truth about it. What, what, you were what, in a Noel sweet got, shop yeah, with some yeah. old ladies. I didn't know I'm robbery. I was pretty tough. I'm pretty <laughs> dangerous. He troubled some old women for some mojos. Yeah. That's the reality of Noel Gallagher's criminal history. If you want to text us, do 88291 or phone 0500 288291. Matt, you've had braces fitted. Yes, I have. Why it's are you so vain? Problem. Well, what? that's not vanity. Well, no? it is, I suppose. Seriously? You had braces. You know, I had those Invisalign. Well, I've got, this, I've got one tooth that's too far out of line to have invisible braces, so I've got fixed braces at mm. 30. Let's that's have depressing. a little look at your gnashes. <laughs> look at you, Lady Diana. <laughs> look, look at your little mouth. Very uncomfortable and annoying, is it? Hurtful. It's horrible. Yeah, it can't be much fun. You've got ulcers. You can't chew properly. Mm. It's really bad, because I didn't have braces when I was younger. Yeah. Foolish. Silly boy, you'll get used to it. And also, Ping Pin is catching on as a craze around it the nation. It's a violent assault. <laughs> it's a violent assault. Ping Pin! Hello, Russell, Matt and G, says Grant. Feed Russell more ditch water. The, the podcast was top <laughs> class last week. I've converted a few people in the office to the revolution. Number one podcast on iTunes at the moment. Again. Keep downloading it. Keep doing it. I made an MP3 of the Ping Pin story that Matt recited last week. It went down well. Now around the office, there have been shouts of Ping Pin! Followed by a little scream on ouch. <laughs> I know you said not to do it, but the game of Pin Pin is infectious in more ways than one. P.S. It's a sad day. Nana Moon has died. Please release your version of When I'm 64 <laughs> as a tribute. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we will play that in honour of Nana Moon. Although she is actually a person, so let's not take she's the mickey. Died. If she's not died in East Enders, she's properly died actual Nana Moon. Yeah. Uh, deepest respects, dear old Nana Moon. Uh, but, and as for Pin Pin, well, oh, I really like the phrase, but should people be stabbed? <laughs> each other with pins that's the real question it's a terrible here. thing mm, it's dangerous heroin addicts will say it before they shoot up now <laughs> pin pin <laughs> wee <laughs> off we go yeah well as long as we can cheer up the world for poor desperate heroin addicts that's good Chris Miles is a damn fine man you might want to read about one of his books <laughs> go buy one of his books tell him. him he right the other thing right here's the two missions that I'd like people because you know there's going to be a revolution we're our devoted army that we're formulating now more than ever I've noticed on the book that people are properly up for the revolution and I've had, they love it people with revolution t-shirts <laughs> someone did a mercy killing China China Right, okay, I've just looked at, on uh, Google Maps, right, just to see if I could see any Chinese army in Tibet. I see one whole Chinese army right in Tibet. Get right out! Get right out of Tibet! Don't look back! Get out of there! Get right out of Tibet! 
Um, yeah, right. And the other thing I'd like you to do, uh, if you are so inclined, if you're of a campaigning mentality, right, the Daily Mail wrote a story about me today. Oh, uh, not this old thing What? Again. What do you mean? What? Can you get your flying monkeys in? <laughs> My precious... Monkeys. <laughs> They're not flying monkeys. They're loyal revolutionaries. A glorious army. Right, what's her name again? Hold on. I'll tell you what, though, Matt. They sent a journalist round my mum's house and scared her. Went knocking on my mum's door, scared and upset my mum. Listen to this bit of it. Because you can't go around sitting and scaring my mum and not have there be terrible moral consequences. Like, I'm not suggesting we go and smash up Didn't old... Didn't you put your mum's address in the book? Of course I did. <laughs> Teach her a lesson. Sometimes I wanted more pocket money than I actually received. There's no way I'm going to put up with that sort of rhubarb and that marker libra. No, no, I didn't put my mum's address in the bookie okay. book. No, I don't think so, mate. God, that would be irreversible. Oh, actually, I did put grey... Yeah, yeah oh, you, I didn't put the why. number, though. Oh, yeah, that was unwise. Damn. But the thing is, is because it's called Grey's End Close, right? So I thought that that was indicative of a terminal address. Grey's End Close. Sort of yeah. sounds... Morbid, so I made some brilliantly witty reference to it, and uh, as a consequence, my poor mum's being hassled <laughs> by a Daily Mail journalist. But um, hold on, let me find this story. It's, I mean, there's some quite funny bits in it because it makes me sound like a delightful eccentric, in so much as it goes that um, it says I've got few friends. I've got a lot of friends, and I'm at yeah. You, G, the cat. <laughs> 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 That's good going, isn't it? For a man in his early thirties. Oh come on, for heaven's sake! Let's put oh, here we are. Right, listen to this. this is, right, her name is, she works at the Daily Mail, loyal, not monkeys, revolutionary is what we are. What we're going to do, remember, in a couple of years, I'm going to give away all my money, formulate a charity, we're going to buy an island or something, live there on a commune. Who's we? Not me and you, and I'm not Come wearing on. that outfit. <laughs> you will, you'll wear this costume, young man, or we'll not take those braces off That's you. what village idiots used to wear, <laughs> those smocks. Oh, yeah, when Ronnie Barker... Some wee Willy Winkies <laughs> jumper. <laughs> this schmuck is not a village idiot costume. Do I look like a village idiot? Um, yeah, and Gene nodded then. Gene. A village idiot who's broken into an aristocrat's home and stolen <laughs> some stuff and then ran off giggling. <laughs> my lord, I found my way to your lingery drawer. <laughs> we took your wife's bra. Yeah, well, I think I look very sexy. She, anyway, this person that I'd like you to not attack because Just remember the revolution her. is law. I the know. Daily Mail, they're not going to. I know it's a silly paper. I know it is. I know it's a paper for people that, you know, don't agree with forward thinking. But anyway, this, she's like, it's only the fact that they sent in a journal around my mum's house and made my mum cry. Right, listen to the bit. Like the bit where it says about my mum. Look, Mrs Brand certainly How had... How did they make her cry? By reading parts of your book? <laughs> no, just by telling you where your son's done this. <laughs> oh, no. What's wrong with him? They probably consoled her. No, but they didn't console her. They're the horrible Daily Mail. Listen to this bit. Mrs Brand certainly had no idea what else was in the book. Oh, no, hold on, hold on a second. Da, da, da. At times, Brand breaks into the chaotic narrative to exclaim just how awful he is. He seems terribly proud of what he has done. His tone throughout is one of simple-minded delight in showing off in his own bad behaviour. More than once, Brand has spoken about dreading what his mother, the most important woman in my life, that's me quoting me, will make of the story. Indeed, Barbara Brand seemed pretty shocked earlier this week when the male pointed out a story he tells in the book of being abused by a neighbour when he was giving him after-school tuition. Mrs. Brand certainly had no idea what else was in the book. I don't know anything about this. Nothing at all, she said. Shown the content, she put her hand over her mouth, saying repeatedly, Oh my God, what has he done? That's because they sort of ran up to the front door, kicked on it, and went, Look at that! Look at that! To her and ah! She was frightened, the poor woman. Right, now this was written by Alison Boshoff. Boshoff? Boshoff? Yeah, Noshoff, more like it, you filthy arla. Alison Boshoff, that's A, Alison, then it's B O S H, off. Bosch off. I imagine there's probably an That's email address there. That's a made-up name. 
Yeah, it probably is a ma- made-up name. Alison Boshoff. Boshoff! Boshed off your book. <laughs> she, she's been boshing off my bookie work. Hey, my book's been boshed off <laughs> by a racist. And you can't say she's a racist, but don't write for the Daily Mail, then, if you don't want people to think you're a racist. Alison Boshoff. Don't yeah, so rise to Contact it. her at the Daily Mail, or alternatively, find out where she lives, go and knock on her door. That's what she seems to like doing. Find out where she lives, knock her right up. Why don't you go and bosh her right off? Russell Brand on his radio show. Right, this is the bit of the beginning. She's yeah, really coating me off. He's fawned on by his Radio 2 bosses, and his autobiography's been given star-leary billion, billing by The Guardian. But open the covers, and Russell Brand emerges as sleazy, sad, and consumed by self-obsession. <laughs> well, I can't query <laughs> with that. Uh, She's uh, read it, then. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's fair. It's a good, fair criticism there by Boshoff. Boshoff seems like she's been paid by us. Um... A hero for our times, it says, but that doesn't sound ironic. Convinced he is irresistible, Russell Brand is holding court among 400 fans at a signing event at Waterstones Bookshop on Wednesday night. The comedian is very much in his element, posing for pictures, cracking stupid jokes and signing countless like a copies. Comedian. Yeah, but childishly finding humour in everyday life. That's good for your fans. Yeah. Posing for pictures, signing countless copies of his autobiography, because there were so many, that's good also. The publishers even have to turn people away, because it's so popular and successful. You daft cow, bosh off. It is a triumphant moment for Brand, because he revels in attention of any sort, and has been determined that his autobiography should cause a, a sensation. It's nice, it's very good little bookie work. But there's this, what is that other bit? This, this bit's quite interesting. She goes, uh, blah, blah, blah. Uh, his lovers paint a rather different picture, because she's saying that I reckon I'm a sexy wild man, which I've... Matt, you've known me quite a while. Have I ever claimed to be a sexy wild man? Not in those words. Why? What have I claimed? Oh, um, yeah. A sex shaman, I've claimed to be. Like you've that told can... me you think you're extremely good in bed. I do think I'm good. I can create magic. That's why. Like, only if the other person is as well. You can't sort of just go up to a table and, like, have it off with that. It needs to... Sex takes two or possibly more people all in tune with each other. You can't just... It's not like an Olympic sport, is it? You can't just be no. good at it on your own, I don't think. Like, you know... What's this about you Christie. doing it and watching yourself in mirrors? Well, I'm just like, have a look in the mirror. Cause I'm it... really good at sex, actually, because I watch myself in the mirror. And it's been brilliant. That's how sense. I know I'm a sensitive lover because I look so sensitive when I'm staring <laughs> past my sexual partner. my hair in the mirror. <laughs> the woman had left after ten minutes, but I carried on. She didn't seem to mind while she was in a taxi by this time, but I combed <laughs> my hair into a very neat centre parting. I looked beautiful like a PG Woodhouse character. His lovers paint a rather different picture, and one which is considerably less glamorous, without exception. Without exception! They describe him as an oddball loner who pads around his Hampstead flat in a white dressing gown and slippers, talking only to his cat Morrissey. That's the only thing oh that's my there. Oh, God. How hmm? they get this information? Well, I do do that, don't I? I know. But I love that cat, and everyone talks to their cat. You can't just ignore him, that's ignorant. Pads around. And I don't pad. Do I pad around? Yeah. What do you mean, pad? Describe that bit further, then. It sounds like, well, pad, to me, means that you've got slippers mm. on. Yeah. And you just sort of don't want to commit fully to your walk. To your next so you step. Sort of slide a little bit. <laughs> Plopping along, meandering. Hello, Morrissey. I stride purposefully around my house yeah. like a And what's wrong with a man? King. That's like going, oh, he's really loud and arrogant and horrible, and he's all quiet at home and talks yeah. to his cat. 
What's that? That's not painting a picture of an arrogant, piratical sex maniac walking around in a dressing gown and slippers. Apparently, he doesn't know what to do with a woman other than to sleep with her. Imogen Thomas, a former Big Brother contestant who had a six-week affair with Bran. No, she never. It was the briefest of flings. Said he had lots of mirrors around his bed and was chiefly interested in his own reflection. Well, sometimes, in a certain light, I can look pretty damn tasty. You haven't got lots of mirrors around your bed. You not now. One mirror over there, and then there's the armoire, of course. Oh, that's a delightful bit of furniture. That's got some mirrors that's in it. the thing where the TV comes out of it. Yeah, once you press the old switch, yep. And after the revolution, it's all going back. We're going to buy an island. We'll all live equally. I'm just showing off for a little while. I'll get over it, I promise. Uh, then, yeah, listen to this. He only has a few friends. I got the impression he didn't like being on his own. He would talk to his cat like it was a real person. Like, but a cat's not a pretend person at any rate. Like, like real How person is tautologist. If it, like really, you shouldn't talk to a cat at all. You shouldn't. Well, no. I mean, you know, doesn't. If you're going to talk to a cat, you can't mm. talk to it as it's a cat. Then you are mad. Yeah, you yeah. Talk to it like it's a little person. Yeah, right. Well, to not talk to it in a cat language because no. that is yeah, bad. Imagine that he meowed at his cat and believed yeah. that he understood. <laughs> I understand it's cat language, you know. And then what it says here, another lover, student Hannah Gregory Soskin, said that Brand would say to Morrissey, have you had a nice night? Have you found any mice? I don't talk to you like that, like I'm a fairy tale wizard chatting to him. How school, Morrissey? Hmm, okay. Well, I've heard some very negative reports back from Hogwarts. And if this <laughs> continues, you can expect a kick in the nuts, my lad. She added that he slept in a gum shield to prevent him from grinding his teeth. It's not a gum shield, that was my teeth aligners. like you sleep curled up in a huge gum shield. <laughs> in case Frank Bruno comes! <laughs> if, if it protects the gums, why can't it protect my entire body? When she contacted him after their encounter, he sent her a text saying, I don't remember you, can you send a photo? <laughs> well, <laughs> I might have done. But like, that's a very good system for remembering folk. I would only do that to make sure there's no embarrassing incidents. And anyway, I think I'm 25 days celibate now. Blah, blah, you blah. You think you are? Why? Would you sleepwalk or something? Well, sometimes I'll make some crazy decisions <laughs> in the land of Nod. What do you want to do? Listen to a record? Yeah, I see I you pointed so. down at something. Yeah. All right. Well, what, what do you want to listen to? I want to listen to Safety Dance. OK, but coming up, we've got some interesting things. You can phone us on 0500 288 291. You can email russell.brand at bbc.co.uk. Remember, we're campaigning to make Chris Moyles know that we've been lovely about him and his lovely book, so that, like, that duty is fulfilled. Is this so he'll mention your book a lot on his show? No, he's already done that, so I'm sort of paying him back kind of no, thing, because right, okay. he was dead nice while I was on this. So, and, and he goes, here, mention my book when you're doing a bit of publicity a day. But I was always in situations where I thought if I mentioned his book, like, say you mentioned his book on Christian O'Connell's show, that's a, one of, like, that's another breakfast show. So I thought, oh, you know, I didn't want to do it there. And then other situations, I felt sort of, I thought, hold on, I've got my own show. It's it? a bloody minefield. I went on Paul O'Grady. He's lovely. I could cuddle him to death. He's such a sweet, lovely man. He was kind about me. Yeah. He was. Did you watch it? No. Why don't you watch me on the telly? Well, I did not know that it was on. I don't tune into Paul O'Grady every day. Why? It's good. At the end of it, he goes, go on, have your tea, enjoy your tea. Have your tea, love. I like that. He knows his audience are going to have their tea. What are our audience doing after this? Go on, you poor sick pigs. Go and, <laughs> go and have it off in a gutter. That's what we might as well say to our audience. Go and slither around like vibrant eels, you saucy bunch. I'll tell you who does this in this show. Jeremy Vine and his missus. Jeremy Vine and his wife. Laying in bed, stiffing the wreck. Acting all over each other, <laughs> slithering around in a set. play a song. <laughs> all right, we're going to play a song called Safety Dance, Men Without Hats, which I dedicate to Jeremy Vine, who I believe is having unprotected sex with his <laughs> wife even now. Jeremy Vine, Men Without Hats, we're playing this for you. Russell Primary 2.
That was, uh, was it safety dance? Men safety with hats. dance, men, men without hats. hats. Fair enough. Men with hats are their Oh enemies. no, they're, they're, they're fierce rivals. We were talking about uh, co-Radio 2 presenter Jeremy Vine, who is now joining us live from his bed with his wife between his pants. He will talk to us now. Hello there, Jeremy. <laughs> I wish it was that exciting, but I am in the same building as my wife. You dirty devil. <laughs> the way you live, Jeremy Vine. Despicable business, really. Thanks for listening to our show. It's very nice of you. I'm really enjoying it, and I think Alison Boshoff will be enjoying it too. Alison Boshoff, give us a nosh off, because it's all you fit for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I'm only joking. As you know, I admire women as equals. Not Boshoff, though. She is, as I say, not even good enough for a nosh off. Her mouth is so full of bile and acid, it would decay amidst her horrid teeth. So, um... <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah. yeah, that's well, you know, send one of mine to the hospital. Guess where you're off to, Bosh off. <laughs> <laughs> right. um, so, yes, Jeremy, watch me. Oh, the, just join in with the show, if you would. There's a new item we're doing called Gay. Uh, this is from Hannah. She's aged 18. Jeremy, would you mind helping? Hi, gorgeous Russell and the rest of you. This is for your wonderful item, Gay. I have a female friend who's bisexual. I have no problem with this. Oh, you're so broad-minded. As many of my friends are gay or bi. However, recently she told me she fancies me. I don't ret return these feelings. I told myself that it wouldn't be an issue and our friendship could continue as normal. However, I saw her recently after her confession and it felt awkward. I, I don't know if she found, found it awkward too, but I can't ask her. What shall I do? I don't want to ruin our friendship. I don't want it to be awkward. It's not helped by our mutual friends joking about it. Viva la revolution. Help me. Hannah, 18. Well, Jeremy, you know, you, when you're not indulging in heterosexual sex with your wife, you're usually thinking for your brain box radio show. Yeah. So what do you reckon we should do on this I new one? I think it's Gay. a very tricky one, Russell, but I think with all these things, if it only happens once, if the awkward moment only happens once, you've got to blank it and move on. Mm, that okay. would be my advice. I think that uh, often between people, I mean, you and I may even have awkward moments. I can't remember, but... Well, we've we, certainly had gay sex. Well, yeah. I, haven't, <laughs> I can't the remember doing them. so, but I'll have to think back very carefully. <laughs> but, you know, we haven't ever let it get in the way. No, our friendship has carried on uh, unencumbered by any awkward moments. OK, well, let's see what Matt Morgan thinks. What do you think she should do about well, these awkward moments? She sh it shouldn't be awkward. It sh she should be flattered. Right. Hold it on. doesn't matter who fancies you, they still fancy you. It's nice to be fancied. But Matthew, what if suddenly there was a sexual tension between you and I? What if I suddenly announced to you, Oh, baby, baby, it's a wild world. <laughs> and that's been written over your face for years. <laughs> Don't bother you. No. It's not even awkward. So, I just like to tease you. <laughs> you're saying he's, spread, he's, he's flexed himself like that, like he had a ball worker. You know, them <laughs> spring things that get in your chest ears. Uh, OK, so we're all pretty much saying to Hannah that she shouldn't let it get in the way of the friendship. Let me just, Jeremy, could I just put this in there? I've what? got a question for you. I mustn't forget to ask it, but carry on, yeah? All right, I'm saying, what, I just, as a, why don't they have it off with each other, see if that creates any awkward Because I think most sex starts with an awkward moment. That moment before you kiss, that's beautifully awkward, isn't it? You're exhilarated in that moment. I think, I don't know, I just think that if she's not into it, it could become doubly awkward. Ah, and double then awkward. And also these things, you can't then unwrite them and they go on forever. And, you know, they might get to a level that they weren't very comfortable with. So I think for her, just follow her instincts... Try to forget it happened, keep listening to the radio, right. and move on. Right, that's it. <laughs> that is the end of that item. Gay. Thank you, Jeremy Vine. Jeremy, what is your question? Well, my question was this. Today I went to the Science Museum, and I took my little daughter, Martha, and she's nearly four. Okay. And she is a girl, and she's obviously our oldest child. Uh, not obviously, but she, she is. Nothing and, obvious uh, about to, that. Uh, she's the no, he goes, oh, Jeremy Vine, he could never possibly have a child older than four. <laughs> the way he carries on. It's not obvious at all, but there we are. Um, it's obvious to me, because, mm. you know, I'm a father. But the, the interesting thing was this, that, that I, I, I've been, you know, quite 
quite sure what you can and can't do with a child of four. Um, well, you know, let me lay well, down some guidelines. <laughs> I wouldn't ask you, I suppose. <laughs> but um, we, I decided to take her to the IMAX in the Science Museum because I thought this is a good toughening experience. What they say that anybody over three can go in. Anybody over three? Are you over three? Yeah, I am, mate. In you come. Yeah. <laughs> that, was, that was me through the door straight away. Right. Anyway, so it's dinosaurs, and you know the IMAX, the screen is as big as four double-decker buses. It's enormous. Cool. And I'm, saying, I'm thinking this is a big moment for Martha because she can now prove that she's sort of kind of a mini grown up in a sort of child way. You know, she'll just do something. It'll be a little coming-of-age thing that she's seen an IMAX on dinosaurs. Anyway, the thing starts, the lights go down, she immediately starts to whimper a bit, and then uh, just the, of the first note sounds. It's a very dinosaurs. loud note. And we haven't even seen a dinosaur at this point. And all that comes up on the screen is this little word, a few little words saying, narrated by Michael Douglas. Right. And she bursts into tears and asks to be taken out. Well, what that could be, she might be worried that Michael Douglas's next wife will be even younger. She might <laughs> fear that she was falling into the target area. She could have seen that. Well, oh, no, I'm not ready to leave Dad and the house. I'm so happy. I'm only four. That's probably why it says over three, so Michael Douglas can select <laughs> you for his next wife. That had not occurred to me, but you have actually solved my problem. There because I was feeling defeated as a parent because I had to take her out within 90 seconds of the thing started and we hadn't even seen a dinosaur at this stage. So I thought I've obviously done something very you know, majorly wrong as a parent. No, I think you'll sound like a really good parent, Jeremy. I'll, to tell the truth, I think that me, man, G should come live round your house just like wear little sailor suits, lick lollipops, <laughs> have our little curly ringlet, ringlet stroked by you and the missus, and you bring us up, take us where you want. Oh, well, yeah, we love it. You know, I'm always trying to get you around for dinner, but you've got you live this celebrity lifestyle with uh, Noel Gallagher the whole. Time. Well, if you read old Noshoff Boshoff's articles, you'll know that I'm a man who simply pads around <laughs> his house talking to a cat. Well, I don't, don't need to read it. I've heard the whole thing. <laughs> it sounds fantastically glamorous going around the house talking to Morrissey the whole time. It's pretty wild. <laughs> Let me tell you. Now, I, I won't worry about that. It sounds like, uh, you know, she'll be ready. It might be a bit scary to go in that room. It'll go a bit dark, a great big screen, a dramatic note being played. Well, I then I, if like it was it. scary, though, then I feel I made a parental mistake, that I should have realised that it was going to scare her. I should, you know, and then I think, well, you know, it, it's a seven-year-old you want to take in, you know, not a four-year-old. Yeah, but so I think you, you can't preempt that, Jeremy. I think, you know, I think that, you know, it says over free. You took that bit of guidance, and from the level of concern you've shown, you are evidently a very concerned parent, and I think no child can ask for more. But you've also helped me with the words narrated by Michael Douglas could be traumatic for young girls of a certain age. I think they would strike heart into the uh, terror into the heart of any toddler, to tell you the absolute truth, Jeremy. And I think you've handled it with a, a kind of mastery that you've that has inspired me as a broadcaster ever since I first heard your voice. I'm sorry it wasn't a glamorous problem. I want to apologise for that now, but I thought you need something authentic that happened to me actually today, literally five six hours ago. Thank you for bringing us your authenticity. Now do me the honour of getting hopping into bed with your missus. Getting she's in there. And she's got the door closed, and I, I think I heard a very large piece of 8x4 go across it. Look, just when she heard your jingle. <laughs> I'll tell you what, introducing I think. The item. You've got something rather more impressive. <laughs> Batter the door open, Jeremy, with every ounce you've got. Give her both barrels. Go on, All Jeremy right. Vine. It's a long staircase. I'm on the way up it. <laughs> That's the spirit. There he goes, Jeremy Vine, one of our sexy cohorts here at BBC Radio 2. Helped solve that goal, gay problem. He's wonderful, isn't he, Jeremy Brilliant. Vine, Matt? What a wonderful guest. That um, IMAX thing, though. Oh, yes. What about it, Matthew? Is he doing an item? Yeah. 
What is this item called? I'll do a no, jingle. No, I'll segue neatly into an yeah, item. Yeah, but you don't now, want a segue you. into it. I'm you need... professional, clattering over it. <laughs> you, if you want to do item, mate, I'm doing one of my jingles. We're doing our jingle competition a little bit later. We've been sent some fantastic jingles. We will be listening to those. Although, also, we're going to start making our own jingles with your brother John, aren't we? Yes. It's going to be brilliant. He'll make some lovely jingles. But that's still, we'll still carry on we'll doing this out. jingle thing that we're doing, won't we? Yeah. All right, go on, are you going to do an item? I went to see Beowulf 3 Matt's new item, Beowulf in 3D, every week he reviews Beowulf in 3D. <laughs> it's amazing. Is it good? It's really good. What's so good about it? It's the 3D works. Right, how do you mean by that? You feel like you're you in You feel a... like you're in the film. It's just, honestly, two hours of bliss. Really? I loved it. Why are you so I was drunk, about it? but... Why are you going to the cinema drunk? Who with? I made a mistake with timing. <laughs> what do you mean? What's going on? Yeah, I was out too early. I'd had a few drinks, and then uh, I was with my mate, and we said, "Let's go to the cinema." And he went drunk to a cinema. Yes, what an extraordinary act. I don't think so that's free, normal. I don't know if that affected. No, no, in fact, it didn't. It's brilliant, honestly. Really, I wouldn't gush about something like this. Not you. I mean, this, the film is just you know, it's an all right film, but the 3D right. works. You feel like you know, it's like amazing. It's an amazing experience. Don't take Jeremy Vine's four-year-old daughter. No, she no. would hate it. I'd be terrible with kids if they were scared of something. Why you like think? A, oh, come are you on. scared? For goodness' sake, come on! I once went to see Last King of Scotland with uh, someone who was over the age of 18, which was the certificate. I know, you know the bit where they hang James McAvoy up and slash him up with razors? Oh, yeah. The person I was watching it with was so terrified <laughs> that they started to cry. I mean, come on, this is a good yeah, bit. I'm really into it. He deserved it. It's Idi Amin, ain't it? It's, it's acting. Oh, come on, pretending. We work in television. Grow up. Yeah. Yeah, silly business, really. But, you know, people are sensitive. scared of films? No, I do cry in films, but I won't, like, not really scared, although I am Why'd scared. Why do you cry? Because you're not in them. <laughs> <laughs> I can't possibly receive an award for this. <laughs> Jim Carrey again. Oh, he's always in them. <laughs> I was in Mask 1 and 2. Damon, I'm better than him. <laughs> oh, this is ridiculous. <laughs> oh, no, it's Jennifer Lopez. When your film's out, will you go to the cinema in disguise and sit at the back and, come on, you idiots, watch it. <laughs> come on, focus. Why are you eating poppity corn? Focus on the screen. Stop. Hands up and clap at the end. Clap, everyone clap. Oh, bravo. God bless you, mum. <laughs> yeah, I will do that, actually. And I'm doing the Royal Variety performance, Matthew. No, you're not. I'm performing in front of Her Majesty the Queen of England and Prince Philip. Oh, dear. Is it going to be a mistake to do this? Is it a terrible risk? I don't know. What are you going to do? Not your material. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to say. Perhaps some of my views. How about that? No. No You'll views. You'll say something daft about revolution. I was going to say something daft about revolution, as a matter of fact. What will you say? I well, bet you say some sort of John Lennon-esque comment about... Hey, jangle your jewellery. Jangle your yeah. tiaras. Hello, miss. I recognise you off our money. <laughs> You'll do something like that, <laughs> I won't recognise you off our money. <laughs> what might I do? I might say so. I was thinking of giving, having a bit of a flirt with her. I mean, that'd be a good story. No. Brand dates the Queen. Imagine I pulled Look at her. you, you big head. I might what? flirt with her, and then your next thought is she'll go out with me. Well, obviously she's going to leap all over that opportunity. Brand dates the Queen. <laughs> You'll be in trouble. Remember when the Australian Prime Minister touched her bum? Yeah, how dare he? He was put his arm around. He did touch her bum. <laughs> he put his arm around her shoulder. Look at you. You're worse than Nosh off Bosh off. Do you remember that when Australian <laughs> Prime Minister done Her Majesty over a balcony? <laughs> he most certainly did nothing of the sort. He put his arm around her, which was a disgrace. Queen of England. Don't you go near her. I won't. They won't let you meet yeah, her. I'd treat her right. If Prince Philip, if I find out that Prince Philip ain't treating her correctly and nobly, I will intervene in that Imagine marriage. Imagine you just like when she comes and shakes your hand, just throttle her. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> imagine you did. I know, that's really weird when you think, oh my God, I, I could, could just do that do now. That. And then that'll there. be that's the biggest the story ever. I suddenly go around and went, come here, you! <laughs> what are you thinking of? And then oh, go, and Queen immediately go, sorry, 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 sorry. <laughs> Look, this won't affect my knighthood, will it? <laughs> I'm so sorry, Mum. I don't know what I was thinking. Come on, give us a cuddle. Get off her. All sorts of people just come on jujitsu you in the windpipe if you did anything like that to the Queen. I wonder what would happen, though. You'd beat you up. Do you think you'd, like, die in an accident? That, that sounded bad, a bit no. weird. Don't say Diana accident. <laughs> die in an accident. Well, I don't know. <laughs> okay. Yeah, no, I would. Uh, I don't know what would happen. One Careful. Steady, easy. We're live. This is BBC Radio 2. It's Her Majesty the Queen's favourite radio You'd station. End up in prison. I love Her Majesty the Queen. I'll say that for you. Every time I see her on some money, I think, oh, I might keep hold of that. What's her position in the revolution? Well, I'm afraid, well, Still I, don't, queen. I don't think she's allowed to be the queen no more, because everyone's equal. Well, she can be a sort of a queen, but she's not allowed to have more money than anyone else. Everyone's got to be equal after so the revolution. So you're royalist? Uh, I, do, I don't mind it, but I just think that everyone has to... It's a sort of, it's a, having a monarchy is against my principles of absolute egalitarianism, just, but it's good say, to have totemic figures. Although I said about throttling and all that stuff, I oh, think that, she yeah. does a fantastic job. Oh, Matt, your OBE's well safe. You're, <laughs> <laughs> you're like Sir Walter Riley, you are. <laughs> oh, you're vital cog in the wheel of the machinery. Russell, I saw your boots for the first time the other day. Don't listen to Matt, they're super. Love you, Russell, says Amy. Coming to see you in Leeds in December. Can't wait. Please read this out. I've read it out. A lot of people love the Rootin boots. That's what I've learned on my bookie book tour. They're adored. You can't wear cowboy boots with a dress. Why can't I? <laughs> it's not a dress. Oh, that makes me think I'd like to listen to some... Look, can we have some Dolly Parton on this programme? What? Well, cowboy oh, we boots, go. dress. Finally complete. The whole, <laughs> the whole shebang. The whole shebang. Hey, go on, isn't it your mate's birthday? Oh, yeah. Do you want to play something for your mate? Yes. What is it, your mate, it's Matt? It's my mate Matt's birthday. All his family sitting around the wireless, are they, like, during the war? Hopefully. Right, you lot. Now, this couple of this. song. When I was, he was a guitarist in my band when I was a singer. I've known him all my life. Matt's band. Can you imagine that? Don't, <laughs> don't go in the garage. Matt and his band are in there making a dreadful din. We used to do this song. Go on, what is it? A whole lot of Rosie by ACD. So. And this is Happy Birthday. What's his surname? Crips. Matt Crips? Yeah. That's an interesting name. That's a gang, as far as I know. The Bloods and the Crips. In Bloods LA. and the Crips. You want to watch out? You better watch out. Happy Birthday, Matt Crips. Happy and Birthday. Happy Birthday, Mum! A whole lot of Rosie, ACDC, you listen to Russell Brand on BBC Radio 2. That's for Matt's mate, also called Matt, and your family. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, happy birthday, everybody! You're right, Matt. Yes. <clears throat> What's all, why are you ringing up uh, our agent, asking him if he can stop development? Of, right, Matt lives near the building where our management offices are moving to. Now, he, I spoke to him briefly on the phone the other day, everyone, right? Listen to Russell Brown on Radio 2. He goes, he goes, the builders are building a building around the corner from our flat. And as it, by coincidence, this is the new offices of our management company. He goes, them builders, they're, he goes, they're like, this like strange, what did you describe them as? Like, sort of like, <laughs> hippie builders. He goes, they're burning, they keep starting fires and singing songs. What are the songs they're singing? Uh, Leave him rock and roll. No, it was that though. Um, Give me the beat, boys. Free well, my soul. Well, they stand around fire singing that. Give me the beat, boys. No, they don't stand around fire. Doing that. Come on. No, I could hear. Like, I was laying in bed, and it, yeah. every, like, I thought it was something to do with bonfire night, but it's gone on every day. You thought it was to do with bonfire night? Give me a free one to no, Guy Fawkes. Come on, Guy Fawkes. <laughs> Give me the beat, <laughs> Free my soul. Wanna get lost in blowing up Parliament? Yeah. No, not That's... the song. Right, well, you just thought the fire is fire. Yeah. Right, and I was right. laying there, and then one of them was singing. I didn't mind the singing. Right. And then I shouted Why at the Why didn't window. you join in, like Rocky? Because I didn't want to 
Do you know what I mean? <laughs> They're not Fair normal luck. builders. Well, what's wrong with them? They look like builders from another decade. They've all what got decade? long hair, and they're Australian. Long-haired Australian builders? Yeah. This is unusual. I know. I well, say. they're obviously doing temp work or something. But anyway... Something's going on. So, but every day, smoke comes into my bedroom from it, right? Yeah. So I shouted out the window, Oi, can you put that fire out? Yeah. And he went, I'll have to ask my, my boss, mate. I goes, I'll tell him. And then he went off, told the boss. I saw the boss, this little... Rat of a man, <laughs> like literally go, like shake his head. He and, shook his head, and, 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 like, wave his hands away as if to go, ignore him. Like ah, that. what the hell did and that irk you, mate? So badly. And then mm. they put pallets, right? They were burning materials for building, right? Which is illegal because I looked it up on the internet. Oh, you're and such then a I phoned the council. He phoned the council, but you also phoned out our management company, phoned up <laughs> and some Nick, and went, uh, "Oh mate, can you tell the builders to stop having fires?" But because it's, <laughs> the smoke's coming in my bedroom, and Nick, I don't know if we can do that, mate. Come on. And then he went, "Yeah, but I think it's against building regulations. It's not me. I think it's, I think some of the children in the play school around the corner might have asthma. Start pretending you were doing it, like." Aaron like Brockovich some <laughs> campaign to no, cure children. Well, after uh, halfway through the phone call, I thought, hang on, I've gone mad. I'm phoning our agent yeah. to try and sort out a bomb. That fire. is mad. That's Axel Rose mad. No, it's not. This is. If Axel Rose phoned out his manager and said, could you sort out a bonfire around the corner? <laughs> That's not for our agent. They're just meant to fill phone even calls the, It wasn't for even jobs. the right building uh, site. Wasn't it? But then I sort of thought, oh no, I'm being mad. So I went, it's just that there's, there's kids nearby. Cause Did there's you? A, there's I tried to buy you out of yeah. it. And what's the game them kids at the school play? Oh um, yeah. Don't expose me for everything I ever tell you. <laughs> you sound eccentric. You will sound eccentric. Go on, what's the game? Well, I always, there's, there are about three, I think. There's like a little crash. <laughs> yeah. And they always play a game. Well, they play two games. And I'm sitting there at my computer working diligently. Mm. And I always hear these kids go, Right, you're the king <laughs> and I'm a tomato. They play a game where one's a king and one's a tomato. I Every day. That's a strange game to have such I, a long shelf life, isn't I it? I reckon there's a children's book where that is, you know. Can we find out? If you know about that, could you send us uh, information, 88291 or russell.brand at King and Tomato. I don't Doesn't see why sense. that would be a story. Or they play mums and dads and they fight over this little pushchair. And it re it's really annoying because you can just, their voices just cut right through you. Well, perhaps, so with them on one side, perhaps you should encourage the, the builders and the children to get closer together till there's a great big glorious oh. collusion of burning kings. No, can, can I just say, just in case anyone's you know like on the edge of their seat with the yeah. bonfire story? Oh, they must be gone. What's the resolution? Well, what I happened? phoned up and after some red tape, uh -huh. a guy came round. Yeah, really? Yeah, you solved it's it. It's amazing. Well, I was looking out my window. Brilliant. The bloke came round. He goes, "Where's the fire?" I pointed at it, and he went, "Right, I'll be back in a minute." Or he goes, "I'll call you back in a minute." What's he wearing? I was scared. Because he goes, right, and I thought, I, went, I don't have to come with you, do I? <laughs> you little coward! Yeah, and he goes, no, 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 it's fine, I'll call you afterwards. He was wearing, like, uh, Camden Council get-up, like a fleece. He had a fleece? And, uh, he had Did a... he look authoritative? Yes. Oh, and you saying, I don't have to come with you, you're so childish. And then I ran back in my house. And yeah, then I to watch out the window. Did you peek? Through Listen to what happened. I couldn't see the bloke, but I could see the builders all sort of going, hmm, what's going on? Give me the free man's... <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> and one of them, a little tubby man, mm. ran, but one of the men was talking to him, and they'd been going, we ain't got a fire, it's not a fire. A bloke, big fat bloke, ran over with a spade and beat the fire out, and I was looking out of my window going, ha! Well, yeah, look at it. <laughs> and then they put dirt all over it, and then they poured water over it, and the bonfire was out, and they haven't lit it again. Give us the freedom to sing our song and have a little fire. We're doing nothing wrong. We're living our lives. You Matt, you rat, you grassing them up. No, he's making my house smell of fire.
Well, mate, you want to try living my life? That's a victory. That's a small slippers. victory for me against the corporations. You're like a little Englander, mate, doing stuff like that. Here's a message from Sam. Oi, I'm a weird loner who pads around in fluffy slippers, but I'm sexy too because humans are multifaceted. Silly woman, Alison. Love Sam. Pass that on to her directly, Sam. Thank you very much. Hi, Ross and Co. I just thought I'd share with you, says Julia, that when I was 45, I started having a brace fitted and it was worth all the pain and ulcers because it, they, the teeth came out all nice and straight. Trust me, I'm a dental nurse. Really is. Mm, nice. Love the show. You Thanks just a get lot. turned on by the words dental nurse. Well, yeah, because what I thought of is I remembered an, a sort of an apocryphal tale about people waking up after having dentistry. I think it was Larry David in it. Their pants on back to front. Back to front pants, yeah. You fool. Why? That doesn't happen. So what if it don't? I once was in a hospital and I goes to the nurse, look, I see a documentary and I have heard that nurses sometimes interfere with patients. I've been in here a day, nothing's <laughs> happened. Back your ideas up, love. What were you in for? <laughs> I was meant to be working there as a porter, but I just kept clambering in the bed, demanding a bed bath. You wee in a cardboard bottle thing. Have you ever it's done that? It's not cardboard, it's glass. It's, no, I weed in this thing that was made of, like, egg box. That was your dinner. <laughs> well, I did drink it. No, it's like an egg box thing. Oh, really? You had to wee in it, like papier-mâché. I would never have done the uh, bed pan. I got up. I, I wasn't allowed out of bed, but I went to the toilet. Yeah, you robbed that boy of his paninis. I've not forgive you I was for a that. child. Callan Page. Matt once robbed a child of all his foil stickers. A child who was in a coma. Matt might try and claim as his defence that he too was a child. That is unforgivable. No wonder Darren French, bringer of justice, pin-pinned this evil child while stood on stunt nuts. More no things about. It. Means, if they didn't what, listen. pin pin? Yeah. Alright, well what happened once was, Matt was walking down the street like the shuffling little soon-to-be grass of builders that he was to grow into, walking along shuffling, probably of snot cake round his nose, going, <laughs> robbing panini stickers off lads in comas, and Darren French, like a noble Caesar, on the stunt nuts at the back of his mate's BMX, a little sort of character, stood there all noble, and the other lad was riding the BMX, and as they went past Matt, uh, Darren French went, pin pin, and just dabbed Matt with a pin. <laughs> so, it's a really aristocratic bit of bullying. This has now become a craze around the nation. Because when I'm being doing the bookie walk tour, kids keep coming up and going, we're doing pin-pin at our school. I go, well, don't, because it could spread you hepatitis and blood diseases. No one pin-pin me. Ever. Because I don't want... I've had it once. Don't pin-pin Matt, because that'll re relieve yeah, childhood trauma like, for yeah, him. Exactly. But Mr G, pin-pin him so he's like a pin-pin cushion. <laughs> Hello, Russell, Matt and G, says Callum Page from Bridlington. I'm 14, and throughout my school there are signs of the revolution taking place. In most textbooks, exam papers, is a piece of paper saying RBR, standing for Russell Brand Revolution. Well, excellent. You can spend that energy troubling Alison Bosch off at the Daily Mail for Ashley my mother. Uh, also, says Callum Page, I wondered if Mr G could possibly be Guz off EastEnders. Other soap operas are available. Guz is another poet. Sounds exactly like G and has the same initials. I don't think so. He would have mentioned it. Even EastEnders, G. No. No, he's not, mate. No, it's not him. It's not him. It's someone else. Dear Russell, Matt and G, I have a cautionary tale for you. I went out this afternoon and got a pair of what Noel Gallagher calls stupidly tight trousers, says Jake. Although they look great, they're enough painful on the gear. Don't worry about that, mate. You it's price you pay. lycra ones. What, for, yeah, around the... Uh... Well, you need a bit of lycra in them, don't you? Matthew, this is an interesting email. See what you think about this. It's from Nikki Joyce. Uh, she says, I've just listened to last week's podcast and you're talking about a fella pretending to be blind. Well, we, we actually said he's not pretending to be blind. It's just someone saw a person with a white stick who had a nicely tied tie knot and assumed that the whole thing must have been a facade. But myself, I think that that was a genuine blind person mm. who had just learned how to tie a tie well, don't you, Matt? Yes. Well, not old Nikki Joyce, she don't. She goes, uh, 
There's another woman, where, there's a woman where I live who pretends to be blind. She walks into a cafe with a stick and a dog. Then she sits down and texts people and checks her change at the counter. And a few times she's walked in and as soon as she's in the door, she looks at me and asks me to move my daughter's pram, which is at the under end of the cafe. So people do pretend to be blind. I might pin pin her next time I see her. She Can we ever... Excited. She might be partially excited. We can't... Partially excited. She might be. I am. <laughs> Just the thought of a blind person being pin pinned has sent me into a... No, it hasn't. Never <laughs> pin pin the blind or anyone. Doesn't count as a full pin pinning. If you're pin pinning anyone without one of their senses, they don't go to the league table of pin pinning that we're not setting up. Because if you're deaf, you wouldn't hear the words pin pin. It's just a stabbing. Yeah, <laughs> there's no fun in that. You've just stabbed someone who's already coping with not having one of the main senses that they need. Laura, on last week's show, you read a, an email from a bloke who's suspicious of a blind man's blindness. When I went, was 15, and I went a trip to France. I broke my glasses because I'm short-sighted. I end up wearing prescription sunglasses all the time on the ferry home. I was in the shop looking at magazines when a man took me by the arm and asked if I was okay, thinking I was blind. So I just went with it and pretended to be blind and spent the whole afternoon living as a blind person. Laura, that is a disgrace what you've done. That Terrible. is a person who deserves some pin-pinnery if ever I heard of it. Today is Peter Cook's 70th birthday, except for the fact that he died while he was in his 50s, but nonetheless, it was on this day that he was born to honour Peter Cook. We will play something to do with him. But before that, we're going to play Jolene by Dolly Parton. Later on, we're going to play some of our jingles competitions. We're going to talk to Noel Gallagher. What's that interesting story about a man who was arrested for having sex with a bicycle? Yeah. Uh, well, let's, we'll find out about that later. Let's get to the nub of that issue. Let's get to the nub nub. But first of all, Jolene, and then probably some newsy poos. We will be discussing Jolene in great detail because me and Matt think she sounds like an ugly cow and not as nice as Dolly Parton. But before that is a little show we like to call, well, this is BBC Radio 2 online on digital and on 88 and 91 FM. Here is some news. You're listening to Russell Brand on BBC Radio 2. We just had some newsy poos. After that, it was Slade. What are they saying? Mama, we're all crazy now. Yes. Are we all, though? Well, apparently. <laughs> I advice that they just singing something that's insurmountable and simply untrue. You can't support such a statement. Hey, Russell, my name's Jolene, and I hate the fact that I get that terrible song sung to me all the time, as Jolene sounds as if she's a right slag. <laughs> That's obviously from someone called Jolene. We can only assume she doesn't put her name, but she said earlier on she was called Jolene. Jolene. Well, she hasn't done anything wrong in the song. Has she not, Matt? No, the Has bad Jolene person is the is the boyfriend. Is he? Because well, he look, keeps muttering and... Well, let's get to the bottom of this. We've got the lyrics here of Jolene, and you can uh, get the lyrics yourself. And if you want to join in now, new item, Judge Jolene. Right, go on in, Matt. What bit interests you? Well, for a start, yeah, she's got... Ginger hair at that bit there. She's yeah, but got ivory don't. skin and she's got eyes of emerald green. Yeah, right? ivory skin. I don't like the sound of that at all. I was in a, oh, in Morocco the other week and there was a, so much ivory for sale in this show. I can't believe there's that what many elephants in the world. Tons of it. That's illegal. That's what I said. I've seen Mikel Sylvester out of Man worse United than the there. bonfire. There was so much ivory. It was loads and loads of ivory. Great big tusks. I must say, it's very beautiful. I'm not saying buy ivory. Terrible but business. Did you not trade. arrive here earlier in an ivory carriage? Yes, I did. That's ivory substitute. Don't judge me, ivory carriage. That's a glorious thing. I said, right, after this, lads, not one more elephant, all right? But just build me a lovely, luxurious ivory carriage. I'm against the ivory trade, obviously. But yeah, it was astonishing how much ivory it was. It's loads of it. Well, come so, in, focus on this. Jolene's made out of ivory. That's already illegal. And she's got emerald green eyes. I don't know. She just sounds a bit pale. Well, she sounds all right, but mm. right. Why is Dolly Parton just giving up on 
Yeah. Like talking to her man and going, excuse me, why are you talking about Jolene? Why don't you mention it to her man? He's there in the bed. Yeah. Jolene could live anywhere. And why is she ta- like, Jolene, oh, please don't take my man. You easily could. Yeah. And then she says he means a lot to me. Well, he can't be very nice. He sounds like a pig, this geezer. And also, Dolly Parton's fit. I didn't know. Even at her time of life, you know, lovely. <laughs> <laughs> she got nice boobs, is what I'm saying. Yeah. So, whereas Jolene, there's no mention of what her boobs are like, except that she's ivory, they might be like horrible tusks. But listen to this, you could, ne- you could have your choice of men, but I could never love again. Oh, Jolene, leave him. Dolly What's it? Parton's? Dolly's got a terrible com- crisis of confidence. Unless this is from the, uh, you know, point of view of someone... That's not Dolly. ...female John Merrick. Jolene! Jolene! John Merritt wouldn't care, he's so lovely. If, he, if you did take his man, he so wouldn't give him monkeys. Yeah, just be grateful. Oh, take him if you want, Jolene. Kind of you. Do you even consider it after? I, I've touched him with my admittedly perfect genitals. Your smile is like a breath of spring. Your voice is like soft summer rain. Difficult to understand, that would be. And I cannot compete with you, Joe. Yeah, fair enough. Well, all I'm saying is, yeah, the onus, you're right, Matthew, the onus lies with the boyfriend of Dolly, as opposed to Jolene, in this instance. Look at this bit. I had to have this talk with you. My happiness <laughs> depends on you. It's not really a talk, is it? It's not it? a talk, it's an ode. And a song. Don't communicate with people through odes. Just get out there and into a car park and slug them in the guts, Dolly. If Jolene has orange hair, white skin and green eyes, I bet her face looks like the Irish flag, says Neil in Barnsley. But that is a beautiful and noble flag, Neil, and I can see the attraction. Hi, Russell. Matt, uh, Russell and Matt. Matt said at the start of the show that you hadn't drank for two weeks, yet you went to see Beowulf drunk, shouting for lying. Yeah, Matt, you because lying it was two pig. weeks of no drinking. And then a drunken trip to Beowulf. <laughs> <laughs> Why did you do that? You had two weeks off drinking, then got uh, drunk out of your brain and went to see Beowulf in a cinema. That's how I live, baby. That's what kids do. I don't pad around my house talking to my cat. Oh, you all right? I wonder if we should go and see Beowulf. <laughs> oh, a bit of a sherry first. I'm living on my nerves. I've emailed you before. Last week you talked about Darth Vader and how wonderful it was. I thought I'd let you know that they couldn't use the man in the suit's voice because he was from the West Country. We know about that, my love. We could talk to him if you wanted to. He was the Green Cross man. Thought you'd like to know, says Ellie Stock. Well, yeah, D- Dave, Dave Prowse. Yeah, he's a well-known fella. But yeah, Ellie Stock's only 15. To her, that'll be a new gem of information. You get... Why am I get... Oh, she's Ellie Young. Oh, she doesn't her. even know that. Oh, how sweet. Oh, how absolutely <laughs> charming, Ellie. Oh, snug in the wooden cotton bread. Of infancy. There you are. Uh, letter to Boshoff. Uh, this is from uh, this is from someone calling themselves <laughs> Russ fan. I think I'm pretty safe reading this out. <laughs> Their whole identity is built around liking me. Thank you. I think it's sad that you should write such terrible thing. Oh look, they've sent a copy of a letter. They're writing into Alison Boshoff. Let's have a look. I think it's sad that you should write such terrible thing about Russell in your column and harass his mum when Russ is such a kind, caring man who has been to hell and back and rises like a phoenix from the ashes. So please go up your bitterness and engage in some counselling to help turn yourself around and see the light of love. Russ wants to show love to everyone. So so I will send you actual love to show that Russ fans are better people than you give us credit for. Please stop and consider what you are saying before you rip into Russ for no reasons. It takes courage to write a book such as Russ's Bookie Wook, where he faces <laughs> his demons and slays them. Is now moving on. I wish you actual love and blessings. Well done, Russ fan. Not my words, but the unbiased views <laughs> of Russ fan 101. Thank you, Russ fan, and all of you on the Russell Brand fan site forum. And you I turned up with that written down. 
in your, <laughs> in your hand. Oh, look at this. Oh, bosh off, nosh off, you silly old sod. <laughs> yeah, no, that's from a genuine, lovely That's quite fan. a mature reply. Very mature, because it's loving and decent. Much more mature than my <laughs> puerile attacks on the journalist simply doing her job. Do you reckon the um, editor mm. says... We want a hatchet job on Brad's book. Who's yeah. going to write Bosh yeah. off you do it? And she goes, oh, but I don't really care either I quite, way. I quite liked dance floor trout. Yeah. No, Bosh off. Go against your instincts. Or do you think she goes, I've read that book's rubbish. I've oh, written yeah. this. Print it if you want. If not, don't nail it to his door. <laughs> Kick his mum's back door in it any way you see fit and stuff this story up here. Dear Russell, I had a dream last night that you cut your hair off and tried to sell me a TV licence. It was frightening. Have a nice evening, Jenny. Well, in a way, I suppose I do because like, the TV licence does go to paying the salaries of myself, Matt Morgan and G. Does quite it? right. Oh, of course it does. We'd license, yeah. We pay our licences, though. I like the do. BBC. I I don't like the way that people are trying to destroy the BBC. I'm up for it. Leave the BBC alone. It's a good thing, isn't it, the BBC? Brilliant thing. Come on. Get behind it, you squares. After the revolution, can I have one of the Queen's tiaras? Love and cuddles Laura. No, the Queen... Maybe, I don't know. We'll think about it. We might not want tiaras. We might just crush them up into a drink. This is from Nick in the Midlands. Russell, I know you're proud of your boots, but do be careful. The only time I wore a pair myself, my boot went through a ceiling. Oh, come on, grow up. Boots going through ceilings. I had to pay 200 quid in damages to the owner of the ceiling, and they didn't talk to me again for a year. That's from, from Nick in the Midlands. It's been a while since we've had boot through ceiling stories ceilings. on this show. Oh, those were the days. Right, time now for a little item I like to call the news. Radio 2. Bike sex case sparks legal debate. The case of a man convicting of simulating sex with his bicycle has sparked a debate about human rights and the privacy of an individual. Internet message boards have been buzzing with comment about the case of Robert Stewart, 51, from Air. He was reported by a cleaner at a hostel who unlocked his door and found him engaged in a sex act with his bike. Stewart was put on the sex offenders register, which some posters said was an overreaction by overreaction by the sheriff. Well, okay. Firstly, sex offenders register. Okay, Sutcliffe here. <laughs> West here. <laughs> <laughs> Must be a bit weird to have a sex offenders register and a sheriff. There's a sheriff now. That's Scotland, isn't it? Fair enough then. Well, should people? How would you have sex with a bike? Well, hang on. There's a the saddle here because he goes. He was simulating sex with a bike. Right. Or having sex. Well, yeah, well, where's... You can't be... If you simulate <laughs> sex with something, then that's not a sex crime. Yeah, to simulate... Oh, yeah. Are you having sex with that bike? Good Lord, no, sorry. This Just is simulating a, a mime. It. Oh, well, jolly good. It was very convincing. <laughs> I'd like to present you with a rosette. Where would you like me to it, stick why, it? Why, if he's in his room and the cleaners came in yeah. and saw him doing this... He can do what he likes in his room. On your own the in a room bike isn't exactly a... going to pedal off and cry about <laughs> it. You don't know, Matt. When that bike grows up, it probably have psychological problems. It wasn't a tricycle. It was a bike. <laughs> yeah, grown-up bike. Did it have stabilisers on it? Because if it had stabilisers on it, that's disgusting. That's just safe sex. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that's out of order. That, if you want to have it off with a bike in the privacy of your own home, go wild, I say. I've never done it with any... Have you done it with an inanimate thing, ever? Yeah, remember when I had to have sex with that thing for, your, for our show? Oh, yeah, you had it sex with a fake female genital. Yeah. Didn't you? You liked it. Hold on, you didn't have to do that for our show. Yes, you told me to do it. 
Did I? Are yes, you sure you and did? then you said, and when you finish with it, send it round my ass in a cab, which I couldn't <laughs> didn't have the courage to do. In a cab, imagine it just sat in the back of a cab <laughs> with a cigarette between its lips, going, I don't think I'm ready for this. I've been passed round. What do my mum do? <laughs> um, what do my mother say? Yeah, so hang on, but what if like someone's using a sex toy in a room mm. on their own, and then someone comes in, you can't go, oh, simulating sex. On that poor sex toy. I hope you've got its consent. Yeah, it's, it's not a, fair. He hasn't done anything wrong, I don't I'm think. I'm right behind Robert Stewart, although I wouldn't dare to have my tyres pumped <laughs> up. Stewart was put on the sex offenders register. Yeah, that's not a sex offence. Stewart admitted a sexually aggravated breach of the peace by conducting himself in a disorderly manner and simulating sex. There's nothing wrong with simulating sex, is there? As well as being put on the register for three years, he was put on probation for the same length of time. More than a million people have read the story on this website and it's been hotly debated on forums elsewhere. One contributor asked, what next? Would they have done the same to a woman with a sex toy? Yeah, of course not. Exactly. Apart from, but a bike's not a sex toy, really, is it? Totally sad, love. Unless you, yes, quite rightly, yeah, and then you could have a piston but attached. That's what, I don't think that's what he was doing. No. Oh, maybe he was. No. I got the impression that he was the active partner. He I, was aggressing yeah, between the so. spokes. Spokey dokey, spokey dokey, picking a poop. Sorry. Well, uh, apart from the fact that the sex toy was manufactured for the purpose and the bicycle wasn't, I really don't see the difference between the two acts. Another blogger, which sounds perverse, said, I'm more disturbed by the sheriff's ruling than by the act of having sex with a bike. <laughs> sounds quite funny, sex with a bike. Those discussing the case online were also worried about the future implications. One person wrote, it's bad news for privacy in the UK because that a ruling like this could support similar cases in the future. A legal expert said he, he, he would have been placed on the Sex Offenders Register under Section 80 of the Sex Offence Act 2003. That states that a person should be put on a register if the court determines that there was a significant sexual aspect to the offender's behaviour committing the offence. This is not the first legal case involving someone simulating sex with an inanimate object. In 97, Robert Watt was fined 100 quid for trying to have sex with a shoe in an Edinburgh street. <laughs> trying to have sex. Look, I'll buy whatever you want. I'll buy you a drink. Would you like to go to a hotel? I must say, your laces look absolutely lovely. I'm not interested in your back wolf. Try not. If you can't succeed in mating with a shoe when you want to, for God's sake, get some tips at off least a website. A shoe, I can, I can at least visualise that. Well, yeah. Yeah, because a bike, what is the bit you're having the sex with? I don't... It impossible. must be the saddle, Matthew. No, I think you might put, like, spin the wheel. Oh, spin, spin, spin <laughs> the wheel of sex. See, see how quick you can climax. Yeah, perhaps he, what, he spins the wheel and then what? He puts his... He should have used a roller skate. <laughs> if you look, mate, that's the real problem here. If you want to have sex with some wheelie vehicle, why not use a roller skate? Why not fill up a wheelie bin with eels, get inside and just push yourself down a hill with no trousers and pants on? Yeah, that would have been better. In 2002, listen to this, old Robert Watt, the old filthy pig. In 2002, the same man was arrested for simulating sex with a traffic cone in front of a crowd of people. Simulating sex. Yeah, but that's what sort of pe thing people do when they're drunk. Pretending yeah. to have sex, unless, I suppose, he was naked or something. Yeah, well, I don't know. Yeah, because if he was just grinding sex, against though. it, like yeah. Prince or something. It's very weird, isn't it? Well, the bike thing, these are the questions for me. How was he simulating the sex? I mean, like, these, whatever he was doing, I think, if there's not another person present, you're alone in your room, no one's getting hurt or being hurt no at any answer. stage. They came in after knocking loads of times and went, oh no, and he carried on. It says here, he uh, they knocked hmm. on the door, there was no reply. The accused was holding the bike and moving his hips back and forth as <laughs> if to st simulate sex. As if to simulate it. Look, I'm trying to simulate sex here, so... But then it, well, he could just go, could you come back later? about. 
Yeah, well, I, did, I think he's handled this badly and needs to get a better lawyer because uh, don't sound to me like he's done anything wrong. Earlier this month, sentences were deferred on a teenager, Steve Marshall, who admitted simulating sex on a pavement while drunk. This is an epidemic. Why are people just simulating sex? Why don't they have sex with each other or be like me, celibate? Perhaps we should Still talk celibate. to... Still celibate. Yep, 25 or 26 or 27 or something days. I'm doing ever so well with that. We could, if we want to, Matt, guess who we can talk to? We can talk to uh, some woman... Who's a uh, sex per? She's an expert on sex. What's her name? Matt will know. Well, I don't know what her name is. Nick's going to announce it in your brain in a second. Oh, yeah, okay. Go on, what is it? I'm bracing myself for that. Pam what? Pam her. No, we're not getting that, Nick. You're, look, he can't. He's meant to be the expert. That Dr. Pam Spur. Right, why don't we talk to Dr. Pam Spur, ask her these questions. Aren't I great? That's not a question, actually. Say this statement. Aren't I great for being celibate for 25 days? Or whatever it is. And then say... Uh, it, what, how would you simulate bike? bike? Yeah, what's the deal, man? And then later on, I've got to do something, because a friend of mine asked me to do some PR thing for uh, something to do with loss adjustment or money or something. Well, that'll be exciting. It's going to be a <laughs> wild ride. It'll be interesting. But, yeah, let's get this person up. Like, what are we going to listen to? All right. Now, we'd like to dedicate this. What's his name, Michael Eyre, Robert Eyre? What's his name, this poor sexy devil it with his bike? Robert Stewart. Robert Stewart, mate. We'd like to <laughs> dedicate this song to you. God bless you. Bicycle Race, that's by Queen. You listen to Russell Brand on BBC Radio 2. We're dedicating to that poor fella. All he wants to do is have it off of his bike in the privacy of his own room. I don't know what kind of society are we living in. Well, let's ask a genuine sexpert, Pam, who has written a book, Fabulous Foreplay, The Sex Doctor's Guide to Teasing and Pleasing Your Lover. Pam, hello, dear. Good evening, Mr. Brand. Hello. Well, you already sound quite sexy. Um, we've barely said a word. How's well, I'll it tell going? you, you've just interrupted me stroking my pussy goodnight. Hold it's on. early call tomorrow morning don't, to re look, record the, a TV programme. Listen, love, the Queen listens to this radio show, <laughs> so don't come on here with a pun that if it had been on if coming out of Molly Sugden's mouth two decades ago, I'd have slammed a frying pan into it. No, now, come honestly, on. I, was, I was stroking my, my tinker goodnight, just like you would stroke your cat's goodnight. Well, fair enough, my dear, but you Now, listen, we've phoned you for genuine, grown-up, adult, sexy okay, advice. Okay. Now, I'd like you to give it to us. Firstly, aren't I good being celibate? I think it's fabulous. You know why? Because when cool. you've dipped your fingers too many times in the sort of sexual sweet shop, uh, and you've... I, I suppose you've actually... Your images are disgusting, Pam. <laughs> you've... I think you've really dived into the sweet shop. That's what we should say about you, Russell. It's a good thing to take a break. Is it? What, yeah, celibacy, it kind of gives you breathing space to learn... To feel again, Russell, because we know what sex addicts get up to. They get up to all the physical stuff to try and fill that emotional hole. Oh, the emotional hole has got to be filled with a bicycle wheel. Exactly, exactly. You cannot fill an emotional hole um, with, with physical things like sex. So it gives you that time to start actually reconnecting with your emotions. All right, Russell. sex pot. I gotcha, I gotcha. Now, what about this? Uh, no, I agree with you entirely. That's why I'm doing it. Now, what about um, this bloke having it off of his bike? There's nothing wrong with that, is there? Well, whatever floats his boat, as long as he doesn't end up in A&E, I suppose. Even then, who cares, you know? Well, it might be a, a bit painful. Go home. <laughs> That's, yeah, but that's only his willy or bum or whatever it is he's having to go out on his bike. So um, there's nothing wrong with it, is there? Well, there's nothing wrong with it until it becomes just a pursuit and there's no pleasure left. And mm. when you're just objectifying people, because again, what the, 
the sex addict does is, you know, they start dehumanizing people. They don't see them anymore. Or they de-bikeify bikes, didn't they? they, or they like... oh, yeah, or they get off on their bikes, you know, which, which can end up a kind of lonely and isolating pursuit. I should say so, because, yeah. But, I mean, no, yeah. Mm. Uh, why do you think, you know, them people, like we just read out about a fella having it off, diddling his shoe, another fella diddling a road cone, another one diddling his bike. Why do you think they're doing that, Pam? You're a sex expert. Well, you know, people choose all sorts of inanimate objects, i.e. sort of fetish objects, to have sex with. And it mm-hmm. may just be that something is handy to them. So for some reason, their bike is the only thing that they can think of putting their willy in. Or it could be... Where that... would you put your willy on a bike? You're an you know, expert. Well, I mean, one of my brothers is an A&E doctor. So I know from his experience that, you know, if you take off the rubber... Oh, yeah, do they have to have sex with a bike as part of their training? <laughs> well, no, no. They have people who come in who've had sex with a bike and got stuck. You know, so hold on. Well, where have they done it? Pardon, hun? So, well, if they, these, in your brother's experience, where have these people had sex with a bike? Well, they, where do they, well, where's done, the point of contact? Because they, they can't think of anything else. You no, know, no, but I know that, but practically, oh, where did you put your willy? In the bike handle. They take the rubber handle off, Russell. You've got a brain. Yeah, I know, all right, but I've not had sex with a bike. <laughs> so I don't teach it. It's bike handle's too I think small. people get incredibly That's creative when they're lonely and they basically want to masturbate. And they think, well, I'm fed up with my hand. Mm. I will look for some object. Well, here's some advice. Um, vacuum cleaner. Exactly. A melon. Shampoo bottle. Humans. <laughs> other human adults. Um, exactly. Shampoo bottle. Yep. I've heard that one too. They're too narrow. Who are these? No, I suppose that's why. If these people have got these thin, spindly willies, you might as well have it off with your bike or, or matey. <laughs> or me. I won't, I'm only going to do it with Mrs. Matey. I'm going to do it with matey. I ain't a pervert. Um, okay, Pam, come on then. So give us some genuine, because we've been a bit pure on, silly. Give us some genuine sexual advice then, but not saying that it sounds too, you know, when people talk about sex in a spiritual way and it's all a bit, mm, come on. No, give us what, uh, well, I suppose if you're talking about celibacy, I mean, that is a choice. So someone has decided they need a breathing space in their life and they need to actually learn something about themselves and how they relate to other people rather than just using sex to relate to people. Yeah. So that's a good thing. But But a lot of people don't come to that point. They haven't had, you know sexual relationships that are damaging yeah. or sexual experiences that are damaging. So instead, they, they, you know, they may decide to, you know, just simply experiment with their partner, which is why I've written my new book. Fabulous um, foreplay. A, pardon? What's so fabulous? Go on, give us a tip then, but remember you're on the BBC and not to insult Her Majesty the Queen, who I performed before soon. Well, I suppose, I mean, I always think reinvigorate and re-excite your skin because a lot of people feel... What, with a massage? No, it's no. always a massage, isn't it? Oh, get a bra. What? Massage oil and feather. Do feathering. It feels fabulous. You drip feather? the oil down your chest and you have someone feather. That's you know, just not enough for me anymore, is it you, Matt? Like, well, say someone goes, here, yeah, I'll have a feather. For you, Russell. You've, you've you... gone to all sorts of lengths to have new If someone comes experience. to me with a feather, I'll, they'll cop for it from me. I'll just be well, off on my bike. Now. If you're in the room with a feather duster having sex with it... <laughs> yeah, unless you're Ken, Ken Dodd, in which case you'd say it's a rehearsal. <laughs> but, like, but yeah, no, that's out of order. Yeah, no. you're, you're right. It shouldn't be illegal. That's an infringement on human rights. Hold on, I've just received a text message. Jolene sounds like she needs a good... Pin-pinning from Callum in Farnborough. Pin-pinning's becoming a fad. What if it gets in there? Don't give each other blood diseases, everyone. Come on. Exactly. Even I'm celibate now. I've stopped it. So come on, let's all grow up Now, Russell, I suppose one one thing that brought you to celibacy was the fact that you tried everything and found that it left you, what, feeling, I don't know, empty, shallow, you know... Not good about yourself, or what? No, you just sometimes you sort of think, right, I might have to move on. I've been doing this for ages. Do you exactly. know what I mean? I hope, I hope you're not going to move on to the next addiction, because that's obviously when someone's healing from one addiction, then they often find the next one. Well, I don't know, Pam. You might find me around green cycle shops just... <laughs> 
browsing an awful lot. Well, let's just get on the bike and use it and get some exercise, Russell. Come on. Pam, Keep yourself up a bit. Pam, you've given us some fabulous sexy advice. Why don't you, if you're in a bookshop, buy my bookie book or Chris Moles' lovely book? <laughs> why not go over to Pam's foreplay book to stroke the book. spine of her cover, leaf through a book, then go and actually finish on me or Chris Moles' book. That's the spirit. Listen, Russell, I've read about your book in The Guardian already. Do I need to buy it? Yeah, God, there's loads more brilliant bits in it. It's an excellent okay, book. Okay, I enjoyed The Guardian article. Thank you very much. Um, if you know me, I'm a top writer. Now, uh, time for Pam to stop talking now exactly. on a new item called Ta-da, Pam, you <laughs> sexpert. It's lovely Goodbye, talking Mr. to you, darling. Brand. See you later, my love. That was a, bye, darling. Bye. Nice bit of foreplay with Pam there. Did you, what was your face? You did some funny faces while Pam was That's on the blower. That's old school foreplay, feathers and stuff. I know, I don't, for me, unless I, no one ever says anything about sex, you think, oh yeah, that sounds like a laugh. Fluffy handcuffs, that's... Well, actually, thinking about it, we've thought some good ideas, like you once said, lay on your stomach, uh, <laughs> and like, well, things like that, and then someone, when I first learned about the world of spitting, that to me oh, was a real please. breakthrough. Well, it was, you know, in an adult sexual relationship. What's your new fetish, wearing clothes that don't go to <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to wear an astronaut helmet and stilettos tomorrow. <laughs> I'm dressing up in a, I'm like one of those books where it's like an acrobat at the bottom and then a ballroom dancer in the middle and a gorilla's head. How do people become sexperts? I know, it just must be just reading. Like, talking like that. Yeah, just talking a bit more than it. I mean, she seemed like a lovely lady, fam, Pam, fam. Well, thank you, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I'm like, you know, someone like McKenna. McKenna's over in this country. We should trouble him, poor McKenna. Well, let's ask let's him Let's ask him something. if he had to have sex with an inanimate object, what he'd have. Yeah, he'd love he that. monkeys. Yeah, he said, we've already confirmed that Paul McKenna is, likes a bit of monkey magic. All right, uh, let's listen to a record. What, are we going to see this new White Stripes thing? Yeah, do you want to listen to that? Yeah, we'll listen to that. Then, we'll just ring up, Nolan, Noel here! Yeah, you've got to speak to Noel. Yeah, because we speak to Rage. I miss him a bit sometimes, don't yeah. you? It's nice, he's been at Abbey Road recording what he'd call a record, what the rest of us would call a rehash all this <laughs> week. So let's give Gallagher a ring, but before that, let's uh, listen to the White Stripes. That was Conquest, the White Stripes. Hope everything's okay with Noel Gallagher. I just gave him a call. Hope everything's all right, mate. Uh, okay, so what we'll actually probably do is try and get Paul McKenna on the phone. He's over in this country at the moment, and we'll talk to him about inanimate sexiness. Pin, pin! Oh, right, here's an email. <clears throat> it's about something oh, who can possibly know. I've not read it yet. It's from Mark Cohen. I was walking the dog the other day, he says, and I found a computer USB flash drive in the road. Matt, what does that mean? It's a little removable. You know those little removable oh, sticks yeah. you put into the USB? Yeah, yeah, little thing, innit? It had obviously been run over, so I was going to leave it <laughs> like it was an hedgehog. <laughs> uh, but my wife said, pick it up, it might contain details of a crime. How childish of them to say that. It might, it might though. I'd have thought that exact thing. Oh, well, that's why they threw it out the window, because it might contain details well, of no, a crime. Well, no, I just think someone's dropped that, and I'll look at it, and there'll Would be information you? on She's it. She's nodding as well. You two suspicious little Enid Blight and famous five boffins. I'd have just stomped yeah, it under my foot like a fag. Oh, yeah. So you'd, if it was an old wax disc or something. Hmm, <laughs> <laughs> I play this beggar who? Hello, this parchment might have evidence for my next case. <laughs> Watson, come over here and bring the opium. Uh, yes, I picked it up anyway on the off chance that it might still work despite being squashed. I've just plugged it into my PC, says Mark Cohen, and it works. It contains one file, a letter to, to a school, and this is what it says. Dear uh, look at that before you read it. No way, Nick said it was okay, Nick, okay. the producer. Nick, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're sensible. Well done, Matthew. 
Dear Miss I Kerasau, I sincerely apologise for offending your staff, pupils and parents on Wednesday the 10th of October by having my trousers down by walking by your school. I would like you to know that I did not mean any harm and to understand that it was just a stupid joke between me and my friend that went very wrong. <laughs> I sometimes go past your school on the way to Ashlands and nothing like this has happened before. <laughs> I've never pulled my trousers down when walking past your school before. That's true. Well done. I shall not go by your school now, and I assure you this won't happen again. Yours sincerely, Charlie Constantino. Oh, poor old Charlie. Well, too late, just have. Charlie. Oh, no, I think it says Charlie Matthews. (laughs) (laughs) Don't put my name on it. I couldn't help it. I just thought perverts. That was the first thing in the file. So my wife was right. It didn't contain. It did contain evidence of a crime. Love the show, guys. Enjoyed Ponderland too. Thanks. That's from Mark and Charlie. Really? Hold on a minute. They're in cahoots. Oh no, his wife's no, also he's, called he's, Charlie. No, his name's Mark, and he's going. Oh, and Charlie. Oh, a it's joke. a joke. Sorry. Yeah. I thought that they was. You know. Yeah, I thought you'd rumbled. I it. thought I rumbled the old caper, Matt. I thought we got to the bottom. Of that That's pretty, funny. Pretty sharpish. It is quite what was funny, going on it? there? How did he get caught? Well, he obviously was walking past his trousers trousers down, past the school, what an idiot. This is as if, like, you know, that's not a good joke. The police must have got him and then, like, said, did you do that? And he'd gone, yeah, yeah, it was a joke. And they said, well, you've got to say sorry. And then we'll check that you have written that letter. (laughs) We'll check that you have written that letter. That's not how the police works. Do you know what happened? I don't know what goes on. I broke a window once and had to go round and apologise to the owners of the shop. Yeah, it's because it's an Indian restaurant, you big, mad, racist loony. I was on someone, no, I was giving someone a piggyback. I've told this story before. I know, I know, and I think we all agreed that you just needed a little stretch in prison. Now, um, Matthew, guess what happened? I went on some radio show the other day, right? I think it was uh, Talk Sport or something like that. And uh, I was promoting my bookie book. Why wouldn't I? And uh, someone, like, sent an email and goes, I've got Russell Brand's diary. I found it in my flat in Holloway in London, it's got all bits of details about stand-up. Does he want it back? He phoned up the radio oh, show. Yeah. It's just when you lost that book. What it's book? Not, it's, you got, it's your stand-up book. We, we got out of a cab. Oh, you were yeah. doing a gig, do you remember, years ago? Yeah! It was in Highbury and Islington. Yeah! That's what that book is. Hey, can I have that back? I've forgotten the, the, Nick and my agency as well. Where's the, like, the details of it? And also, Matt's worried he thinks that the council should get involved in picking up his bins more regularly. Um, like, so, yeah, yeah. That is well, that, isn't it? Because you were going to do a gig, and then you lost your Bob Monkhouse-style... Book well, of gags. Didn't have many gags. <laughs> no, it'd be it. useless to anyone else, wouldn't it? Or indeed me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just the rantings of a. I've <laughs> often wondered where that book went. Well, someone's found it. Give us it back. I want that back. I can't remember his name or anything. We gave it to Nick. He won't remember any of it. Or like, my new assistant, little James, the little. Oh, he's only 20, and he's lovely. You've met him now, yeah. haven't you, Matt? In his little diamond. Yeah. What I like is that he's just a lad and you just go in, James, what's going on? And you go, all right, mate, all right. Is there anything he, you know, can't cope with? In life. <laughs> but other than that, he's brilliant. <laughs> yeah, so this will get, we want to get that diary back, so I must remember to do that. Nick's looking at me and nodding and putting his thumb up and stuff in the vague way that he manages my career. So there we go. So everything's all right. No, he's a brilliant manager. I'm only mucking around. Right, so uh, what have we got to do? Play a record or something? No, carry on talking. Oh, brilliant, want. yeah. <laughs> this is going to change the world, this rabbit. So, all right, hold on. Let's just take one of these uh, emails, for example. What? What do you want to hear? Sexy mice or Bear Steel's car? It's up to you. Yeah. Um, Bear Steel's car. Oh, Jingles Contest. Let's listen to oh, a quick yeah. jingle, see if that's so good. Okay, first up on the Jingle Contest. Hold on, we've, uh, let's see, this one is, well, let's just, Matt, say a number between 21 and 7. Um. Come on, why would you take so much time? You're a nervous wreck. 13. I would like to play bingo with you. Oh, too fat <laughs> ladies, oh, why are they so fat? Oh, they should go and have a check-up. You're a nervous wreck. think about it. Hmm? 
Well, what are we trying to do today, 13? Because I was looking at the list instead of, you know. Trying to trust your instincts. Always trust your instincts, Daniel, son. 13. 13. Right, this is a little son. jingle by Tom Robinson. Right, let's hear your jingle. Matt is on that screen. Okay, You're in right. charge it's of it. The... Graham, a professional, just started in here. Are you all right? Are you okay in charge of the desk there, mate? Or is it bothering you because you've got a brace now? I've got a brace now, I can scarcely move. I can't eat in a restaurant because I'm at Morgan and I've got a brace. I can't eat in a restaurant, I feel too embarrassed. I can't eat in a restaurant unless it's soup <laughs> and then I clean my teeth straight away afterwards. I'm glad it amuses you. Why don't you get a toothbrush, carry it around everywhere in your top pocket? That's what I've got to now. Have you? Yeah. Where is it now? Well, in? I've eaten today, so I don't need to eat. Oh, <laughs> you're such a wreck. What about the other day when he goes, my eye's gone pink? Why's your eye gone pink for? Still pink. pink. No, well, look at them. Lovely, aren't they? Look at those White peepers. Again. Oh, you're a handsome boy. Come on in, jingle number 13. Okay, ready? Come in, your hypochondriac. There were three of us in this marriage. Russell. I liked it, except that last voice freaked me out. That bit, the, the, I liked it up until it went, Riding out time for whatever. It went a bit deffy. Robot. Didn't like that bit. Or like a deaf robot or something. I didn't like it. Not that I'm saying I've got a problem with deaf oh, robots. That's all right. All right. Give, no, but like went Give us a number then. Right, here's a number. Gee, you say a number. 17. Well, what's wrong with you? It's a nervous wreck. They won't say numbers. Oh, God, it's not a lotto. 17. G. Really? Edwards. Corruption. Gay! <laughs> oh, that's good. That's we can use that for gay. gay. Brilliant. Okay. Specific. Well done. Another one? Yep, uh, that's from G. Edwards, that one, and I think we'll use... Hold on, there might be something about gay. That's right, play that jingle again, the gay one, by G. Edwards. Gay! Hello, time for my regular item, gay, now. Uh, this is from James Benton in Essex. It sounds really professional, doesn't it? Dear Russell, Matt and G, and Mr Nibs, I suppose, that little idiot. I'm 18 years old, in my last year of school. I didn't think I was gay. I'd had a few relationships with girls across my early teens. Across them? How's that? It's like his <laughs> early teens was an expanse, and he had a relationship across a girl, like a navigator. But over the past year, why is he looking down at his life like a shaman? He's amazing, this character. I found myself more and more interested in my best friend. Well, you know, try living my life with the pink idea that he is, is a story that has just been read out before on the show. I know, but it's getting hard for me to take now. It's not just a crush, it's love. Oh, you poor thing. And I feel like it's becoming an obsession. I can't tell my friend because he's straight, but I desperately want him to bike. know how I feel. It's making what? Because he's a bike. <laughs> <laughs> just, you know, just see how it goes. Go for a little gentle ride round a park and then perhaps a cycling holiday across Europe. See how it... uh, I desperately want him to know how I feel. It's making my last year of school I'm Bearable help. Aww. Oh, darling. Well, Gay! well, we, we thought about it, James. Here's <laughs> <laughs> just one or two tips that we've come up with. Listen, mate, you'll find someone. It's probably just because of the proximity to your best friend. You feel like you love him, and probably you do, but it might not necessarily be a sexual love. It's just because it's a new, burgeoning sexuality, and it's quite natural that that affection would attach itself to that which is parochial and local to you. But that might not necessarily mean this is actually bloody good advice I'm giving you. That might necessarily yeah, but mean he's going to need fancy a thesaurus to get through it. Of course he will. But he's bright as a and this lad, he's the new Quentin Crisp, I'm sure <laughs> of that much. You get yourself up here, James Benton, and we'll fix you out of all sorts of big, imagine big father figure, gay lad, a big bear, big brusque fella, big airy, like Pluto. Hang on, he might just be confused. You'll put him in a little, <laughs> some disgusting club with animal nitrate up his nose. <laughs> right, son, go on, do a line of that now. Oi, Pluto! <laughs> it's disgusting, Peyton. <laughs> Listen, it don't matter, he's only going to have it off with one gay bloke, see if he likes it. That's this is mate. 
Yeah, but that's what he's I was just about. in love with one person. Oh, right, sorry, okay. Yeah, but I was saying, have it off with another gay bloke, see if you no, like that. he's in love. Yeah, but he's not experienced proper gay culture yet. He might fall in love. Imagine he meets some real up-to-date, cool No, but the thing cool is, he's in love geezer. with that particular bloke, so he I doesn't want to go into it. Yeah, but remember else. my brilliant advice. I'm saying that might just because that person's local to him, so he's attaching feelings of love to that person, you know, but if he meets an array of new brilliant gay men, he might think, oh, actually, I love them much more well, than them. If it was me, I'd try and broach the subject with him a bit and go, oh, gays, eh? Yeah, but you do that me quite a lot. Oh, do you reckon you'll ever do anything gay, Russell? So you ask me. I'm always trying to make you admit you're gay. <laughs> well, I'm not gay. I'll oh, listen to it. Ark <laughs> <laughs> at him. Oh, maybe I am. Gay, gay. I hope that was helpful, James. Uh, it turns out I'm gay now. So uh, come up here, I'll sort you right out, son. Yeah, just give it a little bit of time. I think heed the advice of Jeremy Vine, because he's much more sensible than us. He's got children, takes them to cinemas, worries about stuff. So I reckon just take it easy a little bit, sunshine. Lift, think about your feelings a little bit. Give it a bit of time. There's no rushes there. Don't be embarrassed anyway. Everything's going to be all right. You sound like a beautiful, clever little fella to me. So that was my new item, guy. Gay, I mean. Right, now time for another number to be named. Matt, think of a number. Sixteen. Sixteen. Okay, that's just because you're attracted to sixteen-year-old lads because of the last <laughs> item. Gay. Right, now time Ooh. for a jingle by Sandy Bodyford. Ooh, Sandy. Listen to what Russell Brand knows. Saturday nights on the Russell Brand Show with Matt Morgan and Mr. G on Radio 2. It's the BBC. Nine time from nine to eleven. It's a two-hour block of Radio Heaven. Oh, Sandy, that's touching and lovely. Think of her in a room somewhere singing our names. That's moving. I like it. Yeah. What's your problem, Morgan? Sounds like a protest song. Yeah, it's a, probably a protest against that kind of ignorance that's put people <laughs> who love their bikes that in jail. Nice. Lovely, wasn't musical. it? Right, I'll name the next one. Uh, Robert Penny, number 18, Matt. Let's have a listen to this jingle. Go on. Oh, wow. Got some interesting facts. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds horrible. Got some interesting facts. Sampling a Morrissey song for interesting. That's the new. Have you got right? Do an interesting Pay fact. Pay money to Morrissey then. Don't worry about that. Morrissey will be all right. He's my mate. I love you, Morrissey. Go on, M Matthew. Do an interesting fact because the jingle's just played. What? Well, your I jingle's just played. Do a fact. Pressure. Yes, you can. Hold on. There'll be a fact in one of these emails. Here, here's one. Right. This is our new item. Interesting facts. Do your jingle. Do your jingle. Oh God. Come on. Goes right. on for about a month. Got some interesting <laughs> facts. Got some interesting facts. That's you. Got some interesting facts. Go on then. Do it professionally right, when you come out. Wait for that to finish. Oh, you ruined it. Just wait for that to finish. And I was gonna hello, I'm Matt Morgan. Go you on. were talking over it. Alright. <clears throat> Hello, I'm Matt. <laughs> <laughs> Just emailing because I thought you ought to know about the world newest, world's newest and most exciting resurrection, Jellyfish Jesus. Mm, this is an interesting fact. What's going on, Matt? Right. Uh, my friend is avidly religious and as a result is a member of the local evangelical church and yesterday handed me a leaflet advertising the, her, the visit to her church of Ian McCormack. McCormack, according to the leaflet, was stung five times by the deadly box jellyfish. He clung to life whilst travelling to hospital <laughs> but unfortunately was declared clinically dead on arrival. Uh -oh. Twenty minutes or so later, as his friends and family mourned over his body, McCormack came back to life and therefore became jellyfish Jesus. There we go. There's an interesting fact for you there on Matt's new item. Interesting 
interesting fact. <laughs> We've got some interesting facts. Well, there we I are. That short yeah, because that works rather well, like that. Did actually. Yeah. It's got a lot of scope. Well done there. Yeah, That's uh, Robert Penny. They You've can't done be claiming well. he's called Jellyfish Jesus. Yeah, not really. I mean, Jesus did all them other miracles. Plus, he set down a whole theology and philosophy that has stood the test of time. All this bloke's done has been stabbed by a jellyfish. Stung. What about uh, Pimpinnery? That's a new cult that's sweeping the nation, <laughs> and I, for one, support this fiasco. We'll get in trouble. Do you remember when Tango got in trouble for the people slapping, slapping each other on the ears? And yeah, happy the first slapping. person who gets a blood disease because of our Pimpinnery, we'll have to go, oh, that was stupid, sorry. So, uh, don't pin-pin each other. Don't pin-pin people with pins. <laughs> <Don't> <laughs> Just say pin-pin and poke them with your finger. <laughs> Doesn't seem as good, though, is it? Well, it's, have you ever had a pin jabbed in you? Yes. You like it? Actually, you do. You go there every week and have that ridiculous therapy. Yeah, I love it. What's it called? Pin pin! Acupuncture. <laughs> yeah, but I make her say pin pin before every pin. <laughs> pin pin! She says. What does she treat? You're melancholy. <laughs> I've found myself lovely low with a melody. If you could pin pin me, it might cheer my spirits. Why is Paul McKenna? Is Paul McKenna not answering his phone either, Nick? That's not an interesting fact <laughs> that Paul McKenna's not answered his phone, you idiot. Matthew, you're out of control, I'm mate. I'm to line up the next one. Here's a new item by me. Uh, hold on, right, do a jingle and hopefully it'll be good for this item I'm doing. Right, it's about sexy oh, mice, yeah, I think. Yeah. Right, it's Ollie Sinden, number 11. Oh, 11? Yeah, why not? 11. Goes up to 11. All Here that. we go. Yes, it's time Hello, that's my new jingle for my own sexy mice. Hello, Russell, Matt and G, says Phoebe from Devon. I heard on the 6 o'clock news that scientists in the lab in America have created a genetically modified super mouse that has extraordinary athletic prowess. It's fairly impressive. Another quality they've weaved into its DNA is the ability to retain a rigorous sexual appetite when in old age. The scientists claim that this is a magnificent medical breakthrough after working in the lab all day with nothing but a company of chemicals. One can wonder why they treated these little mice in this sexy way. What perverts. Well, okay, Phoebe, you're right. Yeah, what's the point in turning on mice all day as a job? Because if you can do it to a mouse, you can do it to a man. Yeah, but Charlie Chaplin, he was well turned on until he was really old. That's why he walked so daft. And he was what? old. Well, he was having it off well into these late, late... Men get turned on all their lives, aren't they? It's not like you're not going through life going, Yeah, but imagine that... Why aren't men more turned yeah, but on? it might be even worse. It might be like some sort of Tom Jones figure, but even more angry. I don't want randy old men troubling me, do you? Why would they trouble you? You're <laughs> such a big head. Because <laughs> look at me in my lovely Moroccan costume. My Moroccan costume's all ripped under one armpit. Because of me punching the air in triumph. Nothing more foul than hairs coming through cloth. <laughs> Yes, there is. A man having sex with a bike while being pin-pinned from behind by a sexy mouse. No. That'd be all right, wouldn't it? Never <laughs> going to happen. Never going to happen. Bear steals car. Police in New Jersey say a black bear is suspected of stealing people's cars. Well, that's racist for kickoff. It could have been any type of bear. This is from Johan. He says, Officer David Diehard, that's a made-up name, that's influenced by the film Diehard, <laughs> found the vehicle by the side of the road in the Ver Vernon David Township. David Diehard. David Diehard. That's ridiculous. And Christopher Total Recall. <laughs> Their boss, Peter Mission Impossible, said you've got 48 <laughs> hours to solve this case. 
Police spokesperson, Detective Sergeant Terminator said, he said it was a bear because of all the bear hair inside. Oh. <laughs> bear hair? Ugh, imagine having a load of bear hair it's in a sandwich. A bear, huh? <laughs> hey, judging from the bear hair, there's been a bear hair. <laughs> <laughs> Everything you say sounds the same. Uh, police say the bear was probably attracted by sweets left inside the car. We've had, had animals break into our house, said Dr. Talk, but this is the first time we've ever had an animal animal take a car like this. Well, there you Hang go. On, take a car? Kind of took it, can he? How can a bear get in a car? Just wants a lolly and then all of a sudden it's driving cruising off in down it, the like highway. Toad hall. Yeah, it's a ridiculous accusation to make. Okay, well now, why haven't none of you made a jingle for Mr G's poem? And make your jingles a bit shorter for a start. A Don't bit you more think? punchy, less punchy, ethereal. Punchy, less ethereal. It's because you... of you doing your stupid when I'm 64. Yeah, I know, I've really You've influenced culture all... with that. I'm, in a way, I've started a movement, and I, with when I'm 64. People, when documentaries are made in the future about, uh, like, uh, 2010 and the sort of music that was around the beginning of this millennia, they say, well, of course, Russell Brand's seismic watershed moment. When I'm, <laughs> when I'm breathing a song out. That, oh, here we go. Yeah, let's oh. just pause a moment and consider Nana Moon. When <laughs> <laughs> I get older. Healthy. <laughs> She's a real person. Yeah, but she doesn't say healthy. That's the character. Yeah, that's true. We can. Healthy. Well, you still be I'll never go over I'll never go over that. I'll never go over Water to free. free. <laughs> Would you? What you say? Love Will you still need me? Will you still feed me? It's gone for enough, Echo. When I'm sixty-four. <laughs> I always think it should go like that. Probably put his divorce. She should go quick now. Ding, 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 ding. Say, so, I'm not so bothered about my missus doing over my legacy now that I've heard Brand diddling with when I'm 64. All right, turn it off now. That's for you, Nana Moon. Uh, and, you know, sorry about that. God bless you and that. Now, G will do a poem now. Do us a punchy jingle, a bit more punchy. Listen to another radio show. If you're going to listen to another radio show, try old Chris Moyles or perhaps read one of his brilliant books or send him an email. What are you shaking your head at me for? I've been all over him. So all what if I make a show. friend in show business? So what? What's so wrong? All I've got is you and a You're cat. You're promoting his books. Good. Get mine first, though. Enough. Good. Right. Now time for the Poet Laureate of the show. Why? It's Mr G. Still finishing his own work on his way here. Mr G, yeah. All right, Matt. Okay. This poem is called The Truth. If truth be told, sometimes we put the truth on hold to enter a magical realm which we can truly mould. So could you be bold to bike ride and lose control? If a sports racer delivers your paper, surely a penny farthing is irrefutably gold. Or platinum. Witness the madness when a presenter and his co-host simply don't know what's happening. Captivated by the mirror, enraged by the mail, cajoling poor Jolene, singing builders are sent to jail. So get a hold of a truth, here's what you should do. The jellyfish Jesus, the jellyfish Jesus is coming, we're ready, are you? Well done, we're live. Pin, pin him for the mistake. You did a mistake. <laughs> pin, pin, Mr. G. It's the only way you'll learn. Pin, pin. Ah. He's been pin, pinneried. Pin, pinnery, pin, pinnery, pin, pin, peroo. Right, okay, this program's nearly over. We've got a couple of minutes, haven't we? You right, Matt? Yeah. Right, what we've got to do is we'll round up the show. Thanks, Jeremy Vine, for coming on. It's lovely to him. Jeremy Vine, imagine him now he's all tucked up with his missus. The kids so are sound asleep. Brother? 
Tim Vine is Jeremy Vine's brother, isn't that I the most ridiculous that. fact in the world? Yeah, it's odd, isn't no, it? Really? Yeah, honestly, it's true. Look, Nick produces his show yeah, as well. Hob probably with some with more care than he does our show. Look at him sat out there drunk, high on his own supplies, doesn't ever sleep because he's too big. <laughs> Paul McKenna's message this message, Paul McKenna's phone is turned off. Probably <laughs> because he's in London Zoo troubling a primate of some description. Uh, thank you for everyone who's participated in that show, that sex per person. Remember, uh, Alison Boshoff or Bolshoff or Noshoff? Boshoff, isn't it? Alison Boshoff at the Daily Mail. Yep, trouble her for troubling my mum. Uh, but, you know, do it in a nice way because we are spiritual people on the way to a revolution. But she must be brought the truth. Pin, pin! <laughs> if you do pin, pin, do it carefully with a sterilised pin. And uh, don't do it at all. Matthew, why are you looking at me like that? I was just wondering about um, what thing you'd have sex with. Inanimate object. What, inanimate object? Well, I did that vac once, didn't I, as a younger man. Why, what would you have? Yeah, that's even wor that's worse than the bike. Why? You should go to prison. <laughs> no, I shouldn't. I was only young. If anything, the Hoover should go to prison. Henry Hoover's an adult. I was a minor at that stage. Really? Dirty devil he was, Henry. I couldn't help it, though, when I looked at his little face. Yeah. How can I stay mad at you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, what about you? What would you have? Um... I'd like, I don't know, a grandfather clock or a spiral staircase. Grandfather clock's really masculine and a spiral staircase, that's like a weird psycho or a thing drawbridge. to do. A drawbridge, I'd have, hmm, of all the inanimate objects in the world, I wouldn't mind the Eiffel Tower. Oh. What? Egotist. <laughs> or a Statue of Liberty, I'll do that. Or beer, or Big Why don't Ben. Why do a world mm. tour? Going around doing lamb, I'll do the pyramids. And the Aztecs, I'll go around and have them all. All the wonders of the world. Go no respect for the wonders of the world. <laughs> Coming in, crew wonders. I'll give you a wonder, mate. Cop for that. <laughs> and uh, if, to finish off, inanimate objects, I'll do old Alison Noshoff Boshoff. <laughs> an inanimate object. Remember the troubler. So, uh, yeah, thanks everyone. Hope Noel Gallagher's all right. Paul McKenna, we send him a little bit of love. Mr. G, well done on your poem. Matt Morgan, try not to get ill for a week. Next week, I think we're in Dublin, aren't we? Next week. I don't know if Are we're we? doing the show live from there. Might have to be a pre-record. We're under a lot of pressure promoting the old bookie book. And, uh, oh yeah, send Chris Moore some emails. Tell him how nice we've been. And, uh, is there anything else? China! Get right out of Tibet. Get the hell out of there. You've got no business being in Tibet. You've got a bloody great big country of your own. Tibet's country's only a little one. Come on, give them a chance. And I think that's about it. It's probably time. Oh, no, no, let's wait. It's not actual time for some newsy poos yet. Keep sending your jingles. More specific, punchier, bloody news. jingles. Oh, it is time yeah. for news. I'm, I'm doing loving this, this feeling. It's no, hold on, this is, this is not I mean, the whole that. Tibet thing. Yeah, do you remember Where that? Where did that come from? I just, I, well, sometimes I hear a voice inside me. A lot of great artists, Matt, talk about River. Happy birthday, Peter Cook. Well done, Israel. Good luck, England, on Wednesday. Dun, 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 dun. This is BBC Radio 2 online on digital on 88 and 91 FM. Here is the news. <laughs>